2022, how y'all feel about it? Yeah, me too. Me too. Like, I mean, I want to trust it. I really do. I want to trust it. You know, I want, it's like some of the other years, have, I've been hurt by them, been kind of betrayed by them. So the history of years right now is not good. So it's like 2022 is right there. And I just, I want to trust it and I want to let it in, but I'm cautiously optimistic at most. I'm not going to loan it money. Uh, I'm not going to. You know, I'm not yet. I'm not going to let it babysit my daughter. Not yet. I'm not ready for that sort of commitment yet. But I do believe that good things are going to happen. And um, I do believe that God still has a purpose and a plan. And so I want today to have a conversation with you guys. I've got my friends up here with me. We're, we're having a conversation. That means I need you guys to be conversational. Uh, have you ever had a conversation where one person talked and you just stared at them? Or, the other, you know, like you were talking and they were just going. Can you all imagine how that would feel? I can. So here's what I want y'all to do. I want everyone on the count of three to just look around and say good morning to somebody. Don't touch them, God forbid, but come on. Just say hi, hi. Just say hi to somebody. Go ahead, go ahead. Morning, morning. Okay. Yeah. Welcome home. Good, good, good. Yeah, we're having fun. Okay, how are you? All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, all right, good, good. <laughs> all right, I feel better. Um, it, it, the, it has been dicey the last few years, hasn't it? And so we start this new year, and I think, did anyone make New Year's resolutions? Anybody make a resolution? Do you want to tell us what yours? You long list? Any of y'all make resolutions? Really? I could have thought of a bunch for you. None of y'all, none of y'all made. <laughs> it's fair. Uh, I mean, I, it's not, but I, I do think when we, when we enter a new year, we begin to kind of think of, of commitments. I think we start to kind of evaluate our commitments to different places. And I hope that one of the areas where you're evaluating your commitments, one of the areas where you're kind of thinking is your commitment to the local church, because I think it matters. And typically at the first of the year, not today so much, but typically the first year is when people begin to come back to church. Today it's understandable because the weather was cold, so I give people a pass. <laughs> Snowmageddon. But it, it's like typically we begin to evaluate our commitments. I think that's healthy. I think it's good. And so the reason I'm sitting today and the reason my friends are sitting with me up here is because I just want us to have a conversation about commitment to the church. And we're going to spend about three weeks talking about what it means to be a member in God's local church. And a lot of you have asked over the last, the last year or so. And I'm not just saying this, you know, to like prove a point. People have said, hey, we want to join the church. How do we do that? Well, over the next few weeks, we're going to discuss what that looks like here and how you and your family can take that step. Or I'm going to spend 26 minutes scaring you off. We'll find out one way or the other. Um, on January 16th, we're going to have a worship night. And that worship night is going to be the night when we kind of come together and, and we all worship together, and that's how we're going to do it. We'll talk more about that in a minute. But some people say, well, if I can't make that night, yeah, you guys, this, the name of this church is Grace. It's not etched in stone, but it will be an important night for our church, and I'll, I'll explain why. We're going to use the language called covenant for this series, and I think, I think it's up there, covenant. Uh, the reason we're going to use the language of covenant is because a covenant is a partnership with God. Biblically speaking, when God enters into a partnership with people, it's called a covenant. And so God enters into covenants with small groups of people over and over in the Bible for the purpose of redeeming or transforming a large group of people. And I believe that as the church, we are in a covenant with God. God has created the church, it exists for a reason in the world, and we are in covenant with God to be the church that God has called us to be. And so we're going to talk about this a lot. 
And, and, and then as the year goes on, we're going to do something. Last year, we spent a lot of time studying books about the Bible. Can anyone name one of the books we studied last year? Yes. Good job. That's why you're my favorite. Experiencing God. That's, and, and then we did another one called Multiply. Y'all remember that? This year, instead of studying books about the Bible, we are actually going to study four books of the Bible. And so we're going to spend a tremendous amount of time. I would say 90% of our year is going to be spent in four books of the, four books of the Bible. Uh, and the books are Genesis. And Genesis is awesome. I've just spent the last like six months studying Genesis. There is so much. So we're going to study Genesis. We're going to study the book of John which is my favorite of all the Gospels. It's amazing. We're going to study Ephesians because uh, Paul was the, the apostle to the Gentile, and we're Gentiles, and so we're going to study Ephesians. And then we're going to end the year around Christmas with guess which book? Revelation. Oh, boy. I can't wait. Revelation is always fun because so many people have so many ideas about it. But the church exists with God, through God, to carry out God's covenant in the world. So let, let's share a few scriptures about what we exist to do as the church. In Corinthians 12, 4, it says this. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it's the same God at work. Now to each one, a manifestation of the Spirit is given for the... Y'all read those last two words with me. For the common good. All right, when most people talk about the Spirit or fruits of the Spirit or gifts of the Spirit, you know what we do? We argue. We argue about who's got what, what gifts still exist, uh, was this a gift, is that blah, 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 blah. Gifts, what we should do is focus on why they exist. They exist for the common good of building up the church. Uh, these people behind me can sing, and it's not just for them. It's for the common good of building up the church. I can dance, and I can dance for the common good of building up the church. We're all good. At, I can, man. Y'all should see me. We're all good at something. We all bring something to the table. There is something in you that you bring to this house, and the purpose of it is for the common good of building the church. It's hard to build the church if your common good never makes it in the door of the church, right? If you just sit at home and use your common good for yourself and no one ever sees it, first off, it probably doesn't exist. And second off, it doesn't build the church, right? So we have these things that we're good at, whatever they are, for the purpose of building the church. Acts 2. Y'all tell me if you've ever heard me read this. Acts 2. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone is filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together, together, they were all together, and they had everything in common. Do y'all know how hard it is to be together when we're not together? It's nearly impossible. Like you can't, we can't be together if we're not together. And so when you're sitting in your deer stand, you're like, man, this is church. This is church. No, it's not. That's, you're just in a deer stand. I wish it was church. But sure, believe me, I've just said the same thing at some point probably. Together is when we are the body of Christ for the world to see. When you're over there and I'm over there, that's not together. That doesn't look like the body of Christ for the world. When we come together like we're doing now, then the world sees the church as it was meant to be, which is together. The Bible is full of commands that almost always include two, I think this is two words, 
could be a contraction. One another. Is that two words or? That's two words. That's not a contraction. It's contraction. That's a word. <laughs> yeah. Okay. One another. You know what? Get off the stage. <laughs> Everyone else is fine. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, it's, it's, it's like we're meant to be one another, and it is impossible to one another one another. I've said this to y'all. You can't, y'all should all say it with me. You can't one another one another if there's not another to one another. No one said that with me. Hebrews 10, 25. Not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. We are meant to be in this place to encourage one another. We are here to encourage one another. Ronnie, um, you're, you're a very smart guy with a great vocabulary. Yeah, see how, see how that went? I just encouraged Ronnie. Who else could I encourage here? Let's see here. Ra- raise your hand if you need some encouragement. I love your bow. It is beautiful. Layton, your profile picture is horrible. <laughs> I love you. That's my encouragement. I love you. But it's a new year and it's time to change that profile picture because it is gross. Um, that still counts as encouragement because I'm building him up. I mean, for real, man. Ronnie. <laughs> we encourage one another in this church. It's, I mean, uh, it's hard to go through life without being encouraged by one. There are so many days when I have needed someone, and the someone I found was someone connected to this body. There have been so many days when someone in this room encouraged me or lifted me up or built me up or helped me. We need each other to encourage one another. And when we do that, for the purpose of edifying the body, we live as the church in the world. And finally, my favorite verse of all, John 17, 20. This is Jesus talking. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us, that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. Jesus is saying, God, I want them to be one in the same way you and I are one. In the way Jesus and God are one, we should be one. I and them and you and me, so they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. It is through our unity as a body that the world will understand the love of God and they cannot see our unity when we are not together, right? They don't hear the conversation you had on the phone with somebody. They need to see us together and they need to see different people with different opinions and different ideas. Liz, you and I have a bunch of different ideas on things, don't we? How many conversations have we had? Yet we are in unity together as friends who worship God together. That's what the world needs to see. I have different ideas. I probably have different ideas than most of you, (laughs) guaranteed, but it's okay. We worship God together, and through that, the world sees our unity, and this is what the church is about, coming together, encouraging one another, unifying even amongst our differences so that the world may see our good deeds and glorify our Father who is in heaven, and we are in covenant with God. Now, God's going to keep his end of the deal, okay? God is going to redeem the world. There will be a day when every knee bows and every tongue confesses, regardless of what we do. But God has allowed us to be in partnership so that we might be part of the process that God uses to redeem the world. We're not just in covenant with God. We are in covenant with each other. We are committed to each other. 
whoever you're sitting next to, you're committed to. And that probably makes sense for a lot of you because you're married. But like, you're also committed to the person on the other side of the room. So as a matter of fact, look around and just yell at somebody randomly. I'm committed to you. Go ahead. Committed. Committed. Not they need to commit you. That's not what I'm telling you. That's different. Tony, I'm committed to you, brother. See, we're committed to each other. We're committed. Laura, I'm committed to you. We're committed to each other. We're committed. We are committed to one another as the body of Christ. And this is what we are supposed to do. And so who should do this? We're talking about becoming a member of a church and living as a member of the body of Christ. Who should make that commitment? And here's who should make that commitment. If you have given your life to Christ, then you should be living as a committed member of the body of Christ. If you've given your life to Christ and you're a passive observer in church, then you're living in sin. Because when you give your life to Christ, you fall under the rule and reign of Christ. And Christ says, I desire that you to be connected to the body, that you live in unity, that you encourage one another, that you, that you spur one another on. And if we're not doing these things, we're not living as committed members of Christ. But if you've given your life to Christ, you should be living as a member of the body of Christ. Now, if you haven't given your life to Christ, you are under no responsibility to do anything I'm going to talk about in the next three weeks. Because you're not covenantly connected to this body. Listen, if, if you don't know Jesus, we want you here. And we love you here. And, and, and we, we want to serve you here. And we want to make sure that you have an amazing experience here. But you're not connected to the body of Christ here or anywhere yet. And I know that sounds harsh, but it shouldn't. I mean, the thing, I've got a... a, a a dude who's, who's engaged to my niece. <laughs> hey, I know him. It's going to come to me in a second. But he's a good dude. He's been, <laughs> he spent Christmas with us. His name is uh, Bobby or Braden or Brandon or something like that. Brandon, Braden. Braden. His name is Braden. And he's a good dude. And he was at my family's house for Christmas. And, uh, he, you know, we're talking. And, and we treat him like he is family. He got to eat at the table with the family, right? He didn't have to eat at the non-family member table. Like he ate with us. He opened presents with us. Uh, we, we loved him. But the truth is, he is not yet a member of the family because he has not entered into covenant yet with my niece. And so this is not exclusive language. This is reality for anywhere. If you are not yet in covenant with Christ, then we are not yet in covenant with one another. But if you are in covenant with Christ, if you've given your life to Christ, then you belong to the body and you are called to live that way. And if you can't do that here, then you should go find some place where you can. And I don't think that's rude. I think that's honest. Like we are called to live as members of the body of Christ, and you are called to find the place where you are willing to do that. Because that's what we're supposed to do. And guys, we need this. It's not, it's not just like a command. It's not like God is making us do something that is bad. We need to be connected to each other. Listen, this is Ecclesiastes 4. This is a beautiful verse. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity the one who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they'll keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Isn't that the truth? Who's experienced some pain this last year? Raise your hand. It's okay. Man, aren't you glad there was somebody there to walk with you? 
In the last few weeks, I've seen so much, like, just stuff, bad things happen in church. But what I've seen is people who are deeply connected, cords that were connected, walking along beside the people, holding them up, supporting, cooking meals for them, encouraging them, texting them, calling them, praying with them, loving them. And I thought to myself, woe to the person who falls and does not have that. We need this. That is what I mean. When I have fallen in the last 10 years, I have been so thankful that I am deeply connected to other people here. And when I'm connected to you and you're connected to me and we have these thick cords connecting one another, disease can't break that. And death can't break that. And politics can't break that. The only thing that can break our connection is us. And if we will hold deep connections to each other, then we'll survive anything. As a matter of fact, the gates of hell won't come against us. But we must decide to be deeply connected to one another. And it's not just for us. It's for the one another. Because there's going to come a day when we are going to need each other. And on that day, we will be glad that we are connected in a strand that no man can tear apart. And it's not just about needing each other in bad times. Guys, we can do more as a body than we can do as one. We can do more as a body together than we can do as one. So over uh, the Christmas Eve deal, we made a decision uh, that we were going to give away all of our Christmas Eve offering to uh, Keeping the Faith Women's Shelter in Sheridan. Y'all heard of this place? It's a cool place. Yeah, amen. It's a cool place, man. They're doing great things. Uh, we, we meet some of the women that come here. I mean, it's, it's a wonderful spot. And so we collected on, Christmas Eve was Friday night, right? We collected on Friday night, and it was good. And I was like, oh, man, this is going to be fun. And they didn't know we were going to do it. So we were just going to surprise them because y'all know us. We didn't have a meeting on it. We literally just kind of decided. And so then someone comes up to me Sunday, and they're like, because uh, I said, we're going to do it Sunday, too. We're not just doing Friday nights. We're doing the whole weekend. And someone came up to me Sunday and was like, hey, Tommy, you should know my family planned on giving a pretty good size offering this Sunday. And I was like, well, dadgummit. <laughs> wish, you would, wish you would have told me that before we made this plan. But I was like, no, we're going to do what we said we were going to do. And so on Tuesday, we took them a check for $27,000. How much fun is that? Seriously, how much fun is that to take a check to a shelter for 20? Could, raise your hand if you could write that check by yourself. Seriously, keep your hand up because I need to write your name down. <laughs> Seriously, can anyone do that? Just, no big deal. Just kind of want to know. No. You, none of us, I couldn't write that check. My family wrote a check. We contributed, but we couldn't do 27000 Most of us could not do $27,000 on our own. But somebody did ten, and somebody did twenty, and somebody did 1000 And we kept, and it added up. And, and God took what we had, and he multiplied it, and then he used it to do something that we could not have done on our own. That's what happens. In the, y'all remember that story in the Bible of the bread and the fishes? Where everyone comes together and they're, you know, they're like, Jesus is like, man, we got to feed this crowd. And everyone's like, oh, we don't have enough food. And Jesus takes this little boy's food. He's like, give me your food. And Jesus takes the food from this little boy. And he makes one bread and a fish. And he feeds 5,000 people. Do you all know where that happened? Inside of community. Have you ever heard a story of God walking into someone's house who's counting their money by themselves and going, do you have enough money? Let me multiply your money for you whilst you count it. You ever read that story? I've never read it. God blesses us inside of community so that as a community we might bless the world. 
You know what the check said to the shelter? It didn't say Tommy. It didn't say Amber Free. It didn't say, the check said Grace Church because that's who it came from. One body moving together for the purpose of changing the world in a way we could not do on our own. I like that, man. It makes me happy if you can't tell. So, we, man, where's Katie? I think, I think she said we had 300 people in groups last year. I hope we have 500 people in groups this year because there are times when, when the church spreads out a little bit and it moves into groups and then comes back together, but groups are where you guys get deeply connected, and so I hope that's going to happen. And so we've been talking, I don't know, we've been talking about membership in this church for a year or two, I guess, and just what, what, what should membership look like? Because as people begin, and people have come to me and said, you know, I want to join the church. I'm like, okay, okay, you can join it as soon as I figure out what that means. But like, some churches you hear of, I want my name on the roll. Y'all ever heard anyone you can come from a roll church? And if your name's on the roll, then you're in. It doesn't matter if you show up. Your name's just on the roll. Like you came there and there's a bouncer at the door and he's got the sheet and he's like, who's on the list? And you get in or out based on that. And for a lot of churches, they have a roll with 47 million people on it. And there are six people in worship every Sunday. And you're wondering what happened to the other... <laughs> my, my brain just actually imploded. You're wondering what happened to the other people. <laughs> Minus six. <laughs> but I mean, what's the point of that? And so, like, we have a role. I don't want anyone to freak out, like, if your name's on the role. If you don't. But what we want to do is do something different. And so we're proposing an idea that's going to be a little different this year. Because I'm not sure that asking people to make lifelong church membership vows is the key to victory. And the reason I don't think lifelong church membership vows are the key to victory is based on this. Raise your hand if you came here from another church. Hmm. How many of our names are on rolls somewhere else? Maybe that's not the key to victory then. Maybe we should do something other than have rolls that are on secret parchment paper that are locked in a box that only a sake. I mean, and so here's what I say. Acts 2, 42. Check this out. Y'all are going to like this. I just read it. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had a need. Every day they met together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added daily to their number of those who were being saved. That was, that's what church membership looked like in the early church. Do you know what I don't see in that paragraph? Everyone signed a lifelong covenant in blood to that church. They pledged their life to a denomination or a building. or a, I, I don't see that. What I see is a group of people who came together and devoted themselves. They devoted themselves to knowing God, to, to, to growing in their knowledge of God, to studying the Bible. They devoted themselves to studying the Bible. They devoted themselves to knowing each other, to being known by people. Uh, that, that we would be in community with each other, that we would know each other, that we would talk to each other, that we would have, that we would have life with each other. So they were devoted to growing and knowing. They were devoted to serving, that they would go in the world and do things, like the people on this stage and the people welcoming, the people back there, that they would use their gifts 
for the purpose of edifying the body. They devoted themselves to serving. They devoted themselves to giving, that they would share what they had so that other people would have. They devoted themselves to praising. And do you know how you knew who was in the church and who wasn't? The people who were knowing, growing, giving, serving, and praising were the people in the church. Those were the members of the church. You didn't have to have a role to figure out who was in it. You had to look around the room and figure out who was there. And that's how you knew it. You knew it by what they were doing, not by the fact. Y'all know how many people ask me when they ask about this happens all the time. I'm glad. Are we on? Yo, we're on, yeah, we're on camera. Oh, well. People all, because I, I kind of just feel like I'm in my living room with my friends today. People are always like, how many members your church got? And it becomes like now it's a contest, right? Because they want to know, does our church have as many members as their church? You know, this have, how many of y'all got over there? I'm like, I don't know, 40. And then I wait for their answer, and then I go, 1,000. <laughs> what difference does it make? What matters is how many people we have living as disciples in the world. And so I, like, I, I want us to really get this, and I want us to, to focus on this. And so we're going to have this night where we come together. And instead of signing something or instead of like doing something, we're, we're going to come together and we're going to worship. And if you're like, man, I can't make that, I get it, guys, you'll still be in. But we're going to come together and we're going to worship, and we're going to bring an offering. An offering can be 50 cents or a quarter or five dollars, whatever. And we're going to take communion together. And we're going to have this night where we celebrate that we are in covenant with one another. For listen to this. For one year, we are not asking anyone for lifelong commitment to this place because I don't, I don't think that works. One year of commitment. And for one year, here's what we're going to do. We're going to work it out with each other. If you commit to this place and you decide, all right, I'm here for this year, then for one year, we are going to work it out with each other. And when we have a problem, here's what we're going to do. This is, this is, this is groundbreaking. If you have a problem with someone in this church during that year, you're going to go to the salon and talk about them to every other person. No, no, no. Now, here's what you're going to do. You're going to go to that person and work it out. And if you have a problem with something I preach or something I say, or you have an issue with my theology, you're going to come to me. And I'm going to tell you why you're wrong. It's going to be very simple. <laughs> but like, really, like, we're going to work it out for one year. Will you commit to for one year to serve and to give and to grow and to know and to learn and to give this everything you've got? And at the end of one year, if you don't like it, then bounce out and put your name on a roll somewhere else and give that place a try for a year. But for one year, not lifelong, for one year, can we be in covenant with one another to live as a body in covenant with God for the purpose of transforming the world. Can we tolerate each other for one year? I mean, really, can you imagine a place where we work it out before we talk about it behind each other's backs? A place where we go to one another, where if, if, if I saw you at that, there's Maddie, I'll pick on Maddie. Maddie, if I see you at that thing, by the way, well, I like your headband, by the way. See, I'm encouraging you. If I see you at that, at that covenant night and then I never see you again, I should have the right to call you and say, Maddie, where you been, dog? You were there. I'm, I'm committed to you and you're committed to me. Like, what's up? A place where we hold each other. I know we hate this word because I hate it more than you do. Where we hold each other accountable. And we encourage one another. And we love one another. 
And if you fall, I'm there. And if I fall, you're there. And don't, and it's not just about me. Because if your only connection is the pastor, and you come here on Sunday, and you're upset if the pastor doesn't talk to you, or, or you do, then you, you are not deeply connected here. You must have a connection beyond me. Because I would love to ask you how many of you I have let down, but I'm not going to because I did that in the first service and Rachel <laughs> raised her hand. <laughs> I mean, that was a, I mean, I will let you down because I am one. You must have deep strands with people outside of just the people on the stage. And if we're willing to do this for one year, for one year, I think that year might become two. I think the two might become three. And I think the three might become an actual lifetime of living as the church was designed to live. One year in covenant with one another to be in covenant with God for the purpose of transforming the world. Let's give it a year and see what happens. Amen.